Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I am Stuart Roberts and I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me, See Me. It's just over five years ago. I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job. This is a calling. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me, See Me podcast. Um, In these very strange, surreal times, um, today I'm going to be talking to the wonderful Ashley Hodges. Hello, Ashley. Hello, Stuart. Lovely to chat to you. (laughs) It's always lovely to chat to you. Um, oh, you're, you're actually the uh, first remote one I've done, so we just have to play it by ear and see how it goes. I'm so um, honoured to be on your podcast. <laughs> you really? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm honoured to have you. Because Ash, Ashley, like for everyone out there, Ashley is a, a wonderful hairdresser. Um, she's a session stylist. She does all of these things. She's a... She's actually uh, now the ambassador stylist for Daviness, which is a wonderful company I, I really love. Um, and also, you are, what's your role in the uh, fellowship? I'm the chancellor, which That's sounds right. really fancy, doesn't it? Yeah, you're the chancellor. I'm the you're chancellor. The, you're the young gun chancellor, aren't you? Because you've I had am, some yeah. chancellors as old fellas like me with the chain, chain around the neck, and you're like a yeah. young hip chancellor yeah. that they've got well, good on them and all well, great, what a great choice you are um, you. so if you don't mind would you just sort of tell us a bit about you know your, your career and what you do um, yeah of course I mean it's, um, it's really varied to be honest which is why I love it um, yeah. I was brought up within hairdressing my mum's a hairdresser um, a lot of my past family members were hairdressers um, so it's kind of just in my blood um, I started working in a salon with my mum when I was 11. Basically, it was either go work in a salon with my mum or go and sit in the car whilst my dad and my brother played football on a Saturday. So I obviously chose being in a salon because that was so much more fun. And I used to get paid a fiver, which meant that I could top my phone up on a weekly basis. So it was a win-win situation. <laughs> um, yeah, and then from that, I just um, progressed on um, I qualified really quickly because I'd been in a talent environment for so long so I was just super e- eager to learn on a permanent basis um, and I would pester people um, because I always wanted to learn more so I pestered the amazing Errol Douglas um, and become his main assistant and then I won myself a place on the same team in 2012 and that kind of just opened up so many doors for me and then from there you just I always think if you're if you work hard and you're nice people will ask you to be part of their teams and they'll get you involved in things and that's kind of really what's happened to me so I did different fashion week teams and then um one of my really good friends um got a 
opportunity to be the lead stylist on The Voice um, UK, Craig Chapman. So he invited me to be part of his team. And yeah, from there, you just kind of progress on. And I used to enter all every award going just because I would learn something every time I did it. And some you win, some you don't. Um, but everyone kind of hears your name every time you do it. And I think that's kind of how I've become where I am now. I've just worked hard and tried to be as nice as possible. I love that. You know, just work hard and be nice and you get on. I mean, that, yeah. that is, and, and I, I know you personally, so I know that is a genuine thing that you, you, you know, that that's what you are. And uh, it does pay off, you know, it's the simplest thing, isn't it? But yeah, that, totally. You know, just work hard and be nice and you get on. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, I just think um with with anything in life we all we we all have jobs to do um and you all want to do it in a way that you enjoy it and you want to work with people that you enjoy working with. So that starts first and foremost with yourself. So you've got to be the type of person that you would enjoy working with. Mm. For I've, sure. I've um so when did we meet? We met a few things, didn't we? We Yeah. We I, I, I can't, I can't remember the time when we met. Point yeah. the exact time. No. no. I feel like um it it must have been at some event. Um yeah. but I, but I feel like with social media and things now, everything can get blurred because you kind of know people before you know them, don't you? That's it, yeah. So I feel yeah. like maybe I feel like we'd kind of known each other. Digitally Virtually. before we've met, yeah, before <laughs> yeah. we've met in person, um, and then I reached out to you um, because I had loads of products and mannequin heads, and That's I knew it, what yeah. you were you were yeah. creating um, with haircuts for homeless, and I was just like, I've got all this stuff that I don't like. Um, you know, I'm really into sustainability, so I don't like to just throw stuff away. I like it no. to go to a good home and good use. So I was like, well, what can I do with all this? all this fit all the stuff um, especially with mannequin heads like you can't recycle that so no. when um, I heard about your initiative I was like oh I wonder if it would help you so yeah and then that's then straight away I sort of jumped on it because at that point I just started training the lovely Lonnie um, yeah. for our first thing of trying to get homeless people back into work um, Lonnie was someone who was on the first lottery TV ad that I met, and then when I spoke to her, she said that she'd, you know, like, unfortunately, before her circumstances changed, she had done a level two and was working towards a level three, and then, you know, becoming homeless and everything had to stop. Um, so it stuck in my mind that when we was going to first start trying to train someone, she was the first person I thought of. And we just started that with um, Jet Hairdressing in Basel, uh, who were amazing, just let us have the free run of the place. And as soon as you offered me the products, then I just straight away said, do you want to come down and, and teach Lonnie for a day? Which, you know, generously you did, because you're a very busy woman, you know, you've got a big, uh, you've got a must-have a very, like, well, up until this happens, you must have had a very busy calendar. But you still took yeah. the time out to come and have a full day with her. Um, how yeah, did you find no, it? Oh, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I mean, she's an incredible, um, incredible person. And, um, yeah, it was, I, I like working with people one-to-one. It's that you get a different, you get a different connection with them. And, um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I was um, 
gutted that we weren't able to do the second day at the end of last year. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoy teaching. It's something that I've learned to enjoy. Um, but I really enjoy it now. Yeah. I mean, she was, you, you honestly, you were so generous that day with your time and, and your attention. And, um, and you was really like, it was nice to watch it, you know, and, and I, I was jumping on myself and learning a lot from you as well. You know, it was, uh, it was just a lovely day, wasn't it? You know, yeah, um, it was really lovely. To see her develop and see, see the passion she had as well for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I think it's, um, that's what I think that's what's so lovely about our industry in, in general is that as soon as you start to know stuff, you give it back to people. Um, and then you see it bloom in a completely different way and um and that's what's like so rewarding um i always i always think back to there's like an episode of friends where um phoebe and joey have this argument about the fact that you can't ever do a selfless good deed um and you can't because every time you do something good for someone else it makes you feel good um but i think that's the best way for us to feel good about ourselves Undoubtedly, I mean, I've learned that so much over the last, I don't know, five years. Um, yeah. I've been doing what I do. And people say, you know, oh, you're so lovely doing it. I know you don't understand. I really get a lot from it, you yeah. know, and, and it all comes back to part of my recovery, you know, being a recovered alcoholic. That yeah. You, you, you know, you're only recovered one day at a time and, and to keep it you have to give it away and part of that is the fact that you know by helping someone else you're helping yourself so it can be quite a selfish action really because it you, you you're not doing it for that but the yeah. reward you get is just tenfold from what you know whatever you're going to do for someone else yeah. no definitely yeah and it, it, yeah it can be it's such a healing thing to do um, yeah. I remember the first time I volunteered to cut hair for the homeless um, was a couple of years ago now for the crisis at Christmas. Yeah. And it only been literally a month before that that I'd had my my own personal breakdown and anxieties had kicked in in different ways. And and that was really worried about me going to do this like big emotional thing, cutting hair for the homeless. And I was like, yeah. no, I want to do it. And I came away from it actually feeling so humbled and grounded because these people, these incredible women that I was cutting the hair of or blow drying or just brushing were, were so positive and lovely. And you, know, you, you feed back off that energy. It's so, it is, it's a really healing thing to do to give back. Yeah, definitely. I, I, so many times I've gone in, um, like, as you know, like the end of 2018, I lost my business and, um, you know, I really went into a dark place and I've said this many times that uh, I think it was about the January 19 that I went off to Ipswich and I was so feeling sorry for myself until I went in and cut the hair of a young guy who's my son's age and he was living in a tent and he told me the realities of living in a tent and I just thought, my God, that's my, that could be my son, you know. Yeah. And I drove there honestly with a cloud over me and I drove away with like rainbows coming out of my ears because I just thought do you know what I'm so lucky Um, and that is an antidote isn't it that that just having time for someone else takes you out of yourself 
yeah, that's what we need. Like, especially to process our emotions properly, we need to almost yeah. come come out of ourselves and go back yeah. in to understand them. And um, yeah. I think helping people, you're, you're thinking about them and their emotions so much that you come out of your own head and your own emotions. And then yeah. when you come back to your own emotions, you come back with gratitude and not fear. Yeah. I think it's always it's always better to come from a place of gratitude. Yeah. So you like you said about you just touched on on like the breakdown it had. You haven't got to be you know you haven't got to go into any details or anything at all. You know what you feel comfortable with. But yeah. how 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 did you feel and how did you come out of that for anyone else who there's going to be a lot of people out there at the moment in that yeah. you know. Um, if you don't I'm, mind. I'm quite, yeah, of course. I'm quite open with it, to be honest. I wrote okay. um, about a year later. I wrote a blog post about okay. it um, and posted it out there because I feel actually within our industry, I think it's really important for us all to to talk about it because actually, so many people go on about how you you work for free and you do all of this work and you do it out of passion, you do it out of love, but nobody says about yeah, you do it out of passion and love, but it can break you. Like, right. and, and, I, and, I, and actually, ironically, the last couple of weeks, like, obviously, being in isolation, you think about stuff so much. And I was talking about it the other day, and I was like, actually, I don't, even, even though I had this, all this stuff, I wouldn't change any of it because it's got me to where I am now, both in my career, both personally and both spiritually. And um, it's kind of grounded me to, to my place now, so I wouldn't change it. Whereas I think if you'd spoken to me whilst I was going through it, I would not have wanted to have done it. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of 2017, um, I'd, I'd not long moved to London. And I just think all my life, my goal was to move to London and be this big, famous hairdresser. And weirdly, I, I was probably feeling like I was getting my dream of what I wanted and none of it felt like what I actually wanted. It's kind of like you chase and chase and chase for this one thing. And as soon as you start to get it, it's like, oh, this isn't, isn't how I expected it to be or this isn't what I thought it would be like or I don't feel the way I thought it, I would feel. And, it, yeah, it can be quite a weird thing to accept. And, I mean, there was more stuff to my breakdown, obviously, than just crazy yeah. work things um different other elements of my life um yeah. but yeah um i just I, mean, I was quite lucky because matt's sister um suffers really badly with her mental health and we've had to support her quite a lot throughout the years so matt knows exactly how to handle stuff like that yeah. so when i had my breakdown it was just a number of panic attacks in one massive go and right. Matt knew instantly how to calm me down and what to do and all of that sort of thing. But it leaves you like with this really numb feeling for, for weeks on end. Um, and then I am, um, I'm not one for medication or anything like that. I, I'm very natural and, um, I like to try and fix things with nature. Um, and I was trying to look into how I could help myself with this. Um, and the only way I knew I could get through it is by going to therapy. So throughout the whole of 2018, I went to health therapy on a weekly basis. And, yeah. and it totally saved me um, just going and talking to someone that was outside of my own bubble. Um, and 
most of the time when you, I mean, a lot of people that will speak to therapists will understand this. Um, most of the time you're just kind of talking it out loud and registering it yourself. They don't do a great deal other than give you the hold the space for you to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a crazy, crazy year. But again, like I said, now I look back, I wouldn't have changed it at all. Like 2018, I look back now and it's like probably one of the best years of my life because I was, I head on took on all of the stuff that I needed to. Um, and I, I, I decided to take a step back and I'd say I had a gap year from life, but basically I just, turned around and said that I would only do the things that I genuinely wanted to do I was only going to do stuff that actually made me happy and it makes as soon as you say that it makes you consider what makes you happy um and it gives you the permission to say no to someone um and it's not you're not saying no to them because you're not nice um you're saying no to them because you need to put yourself first every now and again um and I think I'm naturally a people pleaser, so it, it's something that I still struggle with sometimes, saying no to something that I don't feel is going to benefit myself or the higher cause. Yeah. I, yeah. I've got, I so relate to that. Um, I've had, uh, <laughs> I've had quite an eventful life, which has led to quite a few of those breakdowns. <laughs> yeah. But I've found, as you've just, what I picked up from there, from you is each time you go through it if you do it in a productive way and as you say face it and each time it's a period of growth yeah definitely so it's almost like a reboot which is probably what's happening to our world now you know yeah. we're in a position of, of like this this awful thing that is so scary for so many people including me you know like we're all scared you know we yeah. we put a brave face but we're all scared shitless you know like and but it is a it is a reboot. It, it's it's a time of reflection. Um, it's it, you know we're all questioning everything that we've you know held true for so long, and you know if, if things are emerging that are more important to us. Um, I've had personally, I've had lessons. You know, to me, the biggest one being is contact with people and priorities. You know, you know I like, I'm ashamed to say. Um, I only, because I, I, in my mind, thought I was so busy. I only used to go and visit or phone my mum once a week. Yeah. Right? Now, I'm phoning her twice a day now. Now, I won't do a negative and say that's terrible. What I'll do is do a positive and say I need to keep this after. This yeah. con You know, this contact, this, you know, priorities. That, that it's been a shift already. There's a shift in in, in a what we feel that, that is important to us. And only, yeah. you know, any benefit can only come through change, and most change is painful, you know. No, yeah, totally. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel the same. I feel like like how I felt back in 2018 when I was like, I'm having a gap year from life for a moment. I feel like the world's done that to us right now. The world's just gone, okay, we can't, I can't deal with humans at this moment in time. You need to all be sent to your room so that I can <laughs> figure this out. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what the world's done to us. That's brilliant, yeah. Yeah, we've all been, we've all been grounded. We have. We've all been grounded so that nature can, can bloom and figure and fix itself and 
and, and for us to then think about what we've done, what we've done to the world and how, what we've done to yeah. society and how we've created it. Because whilst you're running, you, you can only take shallow breaths. You have to oh, pause yeah. to be able yeah. to take a deep breath. And that's what we're all doing right now. We're pausing and taking them breaths and going, okay, yeah. when all of this is over, what is it that I enjoyed about my life that I want back in it? Because yeah. we have the opportunity to decide right now what comes back into our lives. Yeah. It's funny. We've, I've got um, five children and uh, <laughs> there's, one, there's one of them who I won't name, but she knows who she is. She's so spent most of her teenage years grounded, and we've all been joking that this is not too much new for her, you know. Yeah. <laughs> she was the one that was grounded longer than she was out. <laughs> uh, oh, I love that. I, I, I do love that analogy you've said, like, we're all being sent to our room. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Which is true. My parents, um, my parents never used to send me to my room that much because they knew that I used to enjoy it because I could just sit there and read or watch telly. Oh, <laughs> how do you punish I, an I, introvert? I know, exactly. <laughs> how do you punish an introvert? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wonderful. Um, so, what? Oh, where do you see us? Um, you know, what are your plans for when we re- re-emerge then, do you think? Um, to be honest, I'm still, it sounds crazy, I'm still quite busy right now. Um, yeah. I think, I, I mean, I'm, re- I'm very grateful for it. I'm still one of the people that, that's working within our industry because, like, like you said, I'm an ambassador for Davines, so I'm creating lots of content for them right now, um, yeah. doing, like, live streams for them. And, and then um, with my role as chancellor, I... I'm working really closely with um, Ken, our president, and um, the rest of the fellowship to um, to keep our members and the industry at large entertained and connected and feel like the community is still there for them. So we're also doing a lot of content for them. Um, so and I'm, I'm still, I still feel quite busy. So I just feel like when we come out of this, um, I'll, I'll that will kind of continue, but I'll actually be back on like aeroplanes and things like that again. Yeah. Because I I took this kind of role on at the beginning of the year to be an ambassador for Davines to travel around the world basically with Tom Connell, who's their um, hair art director. Yeah. And um, so I, I'm I'm his colorist. So we had all these plans of all these countries that we were going to be yeah. working in, and and slowly we've seen it all die off and and it's a really crazy thing to kind of go right okay this is what my year looks like and now it's completely different um and yeah like to be honest um when this all started and we all we all got sent to our rooms basically um by the government and the earth um i i mourned for the year that i'd planned um because 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 you're excited about things that are going to be happening and yeah. then as soon as that's not there you have to allow space for feelings to come up and yeah I, I kind of mourned for the the year I planned my brother was going to be getting married in Italy and oh. I turned 30 this year so I had yeah. big plans to travel around Japan with Matt and oh. all, all these all these things yeah. like work-wise and home-wise that you kind of 
you're really excited about and keep you going, then disappear and get wiped out and you just go, oh, okay. But then, like, like with anything, you, I mean, I don't ever want to say you get over anything, but you shift through the pattern. Um, and, yeah, so I, I just think I'm just excited to get back to um, traveling around and connecting with people um, in, in real life sort of thing. Um, I think I took for granted. I, I weirdly, I enjoy traveling um, and going to new places, but I don't actually like the travel part. So I right. don't like going to airports. I don't like getting on planes. Um, just I, I have different um, things. I'm, I'm not going to say illnesses, but I suffer with different things that make traveling extra stressful. So it's always right. something that I would complain about. Um, whereas now I think when I go back to it, I, I don't feel like I ever want to complain about it ever again because <laughs> I, I, that's what I'm missing. Yeah. I miss, like, weirdly, it becomes part of your daily routine and then you complain about it. But yeah. now it's not part of my daily routine. It's one of the things that I'm missing is, is me traveling to the airport by myself and listening to podcasts and just having that little bit of space and time before I get somewhere and, and the anticipation and the excitement about traveling to a new country to work, all of, all of that, which used to give me high anxiety or my IBS would flare up because yeah. of different things about it. I'm like, why, why did I allow that to happen? Like that's one of the things I'm missing. I'm missing all yeah. of that emotion around it. It was interesting what you just said about the fact you had to sort of like mourn the coming plans for the year, you know, like yeah. the, the loss. Because there is a, there's a loss, isn't there, with things? That, yeah. that, and if there's any loss, there's always a, a type of mourning. We had it, I've had it first with Haircuts for Homeless. We, we'd, we'd, we'd all worked, I say I, we had all worked so hard. Um, we had so many exciting things coming up this year. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... Um, the wonderful beauty papers had, had made a film about us, and we had. Um, well, we had. We had. Uh, I think in a week's time, we would have had our premiere in Soho House. You know? Oh my god! <laughs> and it came up on my diary yesterday. I see it pops up, you know, and I thought, "Oh, that's not going to happen." Poor yeah. Me. But but having said that, you know, like there's one. There's so many things happening. People are working behind the scenes and. You know, it's it's sort of so we can hit the ground running when when we do come at the other side, which we will, yeah. you know. Um, and so a lot of these things are being postponed, and there's they're figuring out different ways to to work them, you know. So even though I can't, the first thing that happened was the day I had to make the call that we couldn't go out anymore broke me. Like, yeah, I, can I can't, oh, I can't tell you actually, like, it was, um, I decided on the Friday, so I've done a few, spent a few days talking to some different projects and talking to insurance and talking to all these different factors to then decide. And it was about a week before they shut us down. So it was off my back that I did it. Uh, yeah. and I didn't sleep that night. I just didn't sleep. Um, on the Saturday, I announced it to all our WhatsApp groups that, Really sorry, but I think from until further notice, we can't go out. Some of the centres actually had said to us, 
we don't want you to come in, you know, so it's working from the other side. Uh, And that call was so difficult. And then I got a lot of relief from our groups, you know, like I got a lot of people saying, oh, it's the best thing. So I think maybe some were like getting to the point where they thought, I don't really want to go out and do this for my family's sake, but I don't really want to say I don't want to do it. So I think by someone saying, taking that decision away from them, it it, it was a relief for a lot of people, you know. Um, Yeah, definitely. And then a week later, the decision would have been so much easier because it was a no-brainer then, you know. But at that time, really difficult. And and my... I've... um, Sorry, I know I'm talking to you, but (laughs) you've thrown it over to me that my, my mind is that you know, these guys, they're not just customers. They're not just... Uh, some of the, unfortunately, some of these guys I've known for five years, you know, since, since I've been doing it. Yeah. You would think they move on and they, they get out of that. But some of them are, I've known for so long. And you just... I just fear for them, you know. that Thankfully, some are getting housed now. They're, they're, they're all housed. Are they? All, I was going to ask groups. you, do you know, yeah. like, what's actually happening? Because I know that the government were trying really hard to get every homeless person somewhere by mm. a certain date, but I didn't mm. know if it yeah. was. It, it's happening. They're, they're, they're managing it. Um, it's like anything, though. It's not... Any of these challenges are not straightforward. Mm. So some some areas are managing it better than others. Um, some... Now, the difficulty is when you really know homeless people, you know, as I do, that, that some will respond well and be, you know sort of glad that they've they've got a room and they can isolate. Some can't cope. Yeah. Yeah. Can't cope with being inside. So some will not, you know. And they're the ones I feel for because even if they get a room somewhere, they just literally they've been out so long they can't, you know, it's they're it's sort of an institutionalized of, of of being outside. So it's it's not yeah. a straightforward it's not a straightforward problem. Um no. You know, I mean, I saw pictures of, and across the world, it's a problem. I saw pictures of the guys in in uh, Las Vegas, and they're, they're 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 sleeping in the car park spaces outside. You know, that's their distancing oh that they've got. Yeah. You know, the car, you can imagine the car spaces where they're sleeping. Yeah. So they're trying to self-isolate, and it was so heartbreaking to see it. You know. Yeah. Um, I spoke to someone today from South Africa. Um, and they've got real, real challenges there because it's it's almost like shanty towns, and they're they're under um, what do you call it when it's a martial law, you know? Like so. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it, it's 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 going to bring bring so many so many problems, and we we are going to emerge from this, and we will have lost people. You know, that's the hard thing to face. Yeah, definitely. But we can I only be that. there for the ones that are left. You know, we can yeah. only we can make sure we double our efforts to reassure, you know, help the people be there. I can't wait to hug people. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait to go out, give people I'm gonna be like this weird man who hugs everyone afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> everyone loves a Stuart hug. Oh actually, yeah, what am I saying? I'm like I was like that before, little I'm going to leave it worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be going down the, down the tube, you know, like, giving everyone a hug. Yeah. Like, 
Most people will embrace it because now everyone's going to feel the same. Everyone's going to yeah. want that. Oh, mate, and it? It's just... It's just, uh, right, let's have some positives now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went into a little pity pot there, but, you know, so coming out of this, um, we are going to um, appreciate things more, have more gratitude, yeah, aren't we? Definitely. And I, and I think that started already. Um, yeah. Like I, so I started um, having a cup of tea on my balcony every morning just because, ah. like, my um, my mother-in-law, technically. I mean, I'm not officially married, but yeah, but, um, yeah. but near as um, she, because she knows about how I've been in the last few years and things like that. She gets yeah. worried about me, and um, and on FaceTime the other day, she was saying to me, "Make sure you're getting vitamin D. You need to make sure you're getting that sunshine boost <laughs> and things like that." So I promised her that I'd go out to the balcony ten minutes a day. So I started to have my cup of tea on the balcony every morning and yeah. yesterday I think it's, I've been doing it for about a week now and um, and the sun was shining and I was like would I even have realised what the weather was like yeah. on, a, on a normal day would I, would I have noticed that um, yeah. so I, I was just I started my morning feeling so grateful and, and it was really it was a, such a nice thing to do so I think people's mindsets were already shifting um, and you're noticing what you are grateful for nowadays, um, even amongst all of this. Um, I was saying to you earlier that, weirdly, there's, there's so much about this lockdown that I'm actually enjoying, and I started to yeah. feel guilty about it at first because, I mean, I know that I'm in a privileged position, um, and there's a lot of people out there that aren't necessarily in that position, but equally... The, the, everyone's dealing with fear and the, the weirdness and the craziness that is this at this moment in time. Um, but at the same time, you, there's still good things that come of everything. And like whether it's me sitting on my balcony every morning and getting to notice the sunshine, like there's there's lots of nice things that we can we can take from it. But I also I'm also thinking like because just chatting to you and saying about it like. Because we're not running around like nutters, um, because the majority of the world now do that, we uh, we all feel like we have to be highly productive all the time. Um, just stepping back and stopping and breathing makes us actually appreciate what is around us. Yeah, of course. And um, when you say about breathing, it looks like the world's breathing. Yeah. That's one of the biggest positives. Have you seen some of the Images and things of of how to, it's almost like in such a short space of time. How the emissions down and yeah. yeah the, the 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 planet is healing, you know. Definitely. Which I know you're a big you're a yeah. big fan of, you know. Tell me a bit more about your because I know you've got you started early this year with a uh, sustainability initiative. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I did started my twelve months of sustainability. Basically, um, at the end of last year. Um, I had a very dark day, um, which I don't get very much anymore, luckily. Like, since my breakdown and everything, um, I've, I've been able to work through a lot. And what used to be every other day would be a dark day, and then slowly you'd get once a week or a couple of times a month. Nowadays, I've kind of got it down to 
it being quite a rare occasion. But yeah, at the end of last year, I had a dark day with a number of different things that was happening. And poor Matt came home from work to me just being a crying mess on, on the sofa, <laughs> which he hadn't had to deal with for a little while. Um, so we so we spoke about all these different things. And, and I think ever since I was a kid, I've been one of those people that just wants to save the world. And I, and, and I can't, I'm one small girl that lives in London, I can't save the world. Um, but there's small things that you as an individual can do that can influence other people. And like, like yourself, I mean, you started an initiative that has now rippled throughout the whole of the UK. And, and it is, it's just one person with one idea. So my little idea was my 12 months of sustainability. Matt and I decided that we were going to do one sustainable change per month um, so that by the end of this year we were 12 times more sustainable than when we started the year and it was just something the two of us were going to do together so I just thought oh I'll do a little video every month and put it on my Instagram and um, and even if and it, and it was also a nice thing because sometimes especially with Instagram you get so caught up on the likes and how many people are following you and things like that that you're only con concentrating on content that other people would like and not necessarily the stuff that you believe in. So it was my little treat to myself to be able to put it on my Instagram once a month, something that I'm really passionate about, whether the rest of the hair industry or my followers were interested or not. It was just something that I thought, if one person watches that and changes one habit, then they might then tell a friend that might change another habit. And slowly, not only am myself and Matt, 12 times more sustainable by the end of the year. There'll be hopefully about 100 people that have made more sustainable choices as well. Um, so it was just, it was kind of my little light at the end of my dark day that was my idea. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of, I did um, my video yesterday actually to post up soon and um, and it's kind of weird to figure out how to be sustainable during isolation. Um, to be honest, but it just means that we have to be more creative and think more creatively. Um, but then at the same time, like you were saying, the, the earth is breathing right now. Um, so it, that's a really good thing. I, I think um, even old fossils like me can't help but start to grasp the idea that we've got to become more sustainable, you know. And yeah. I've, I've just felt it's like by osmosis, I think, that I've gradually soaked in some, surrounding myself with people like you. And you do have an effect, you see. Like, sometimes it's not direct, but it just gradually sinks in. Yeah. And, you know, you just question. And I look at stuff. I look at buying stuff. Do I need it or do I want it? Yeah. I look at, like, where's this come from? Um, look at all this packaging. And I start looking at stuff that we're buying from the shops and looking at all the... You know, like all the sort of single-use packaging and everything. Yeah, it just, nice. it just starts as soon as your mind starts to work that way. You do, you can't help, you can't turn it off again. Yeah, exactly. You it's, know, you, it's can't, you can't undo it, can you? Yeah, it's fascinating how quickly we evolve and adapt, and and I think again, like us all being in this isolation, how quickly we've all evolved and adapted to life from life remotely. Um, I kind of noticed, like, just with 
the 12 months of sustainability. Like, I, I lived as much as I possibly could a sustainable life anyway. Um, but as soon as you start implementing other things in it, you realize how far you've come in such a short space of time. And I had to go do my weekly shop the other day. And where I normally go to buy my food, which is a bulk market, which is basically where you go take your own containers and your own jars and fill it up so that you don't create any extra waste. Um, they've sadly um, had to close. They're an independent shop, so they've had to close during this time um, for health and safety reasons and all of this other sort of stuff. And so I had to go to a real supermarket, which I've not done properly in a long, <laughs> in, like most of this year. Um, and also with everyone buying so much right now, there's not a lot available within what you're buying. So I, I mean, I, I currently am a vegan, so I just buy lots of vegetables, yeah. but there is only so much veg available because yeah. so many people are buying things at the moment and um, everything's wrapped in plastic. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. It, it felt so strange to be filling my fridge with all this plastic and and it's so crazy how quickly your norm normal life becomes normal to you does that make sense so like yeah this time last year it probably wouldn't have felt as strange to me but now in just like three months I've not bought anything wrapped in plastic for so long that I was like this just looks so strange in my fridge yeah. Um, so yeah, it is. It's, it's so crazy how quickly we adapt, and but that's a good thing. In we can adapt and we can change. And if in three months it took, it's taken me to not have any plastic, then to think how quickly the world could shift. Um, yeah. How did you find uh, the supermarket? Um. I just feel like going out into the world right now feels strange in general. Um, there's like, it's like there's this funny cloud over everyone. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't like the supermarket actually wasn't as bad. And I didn't, I've been watching on the news and I think that's what triggers a lot of fear when you're yeah. isolated at home and you don't really go out into the world and see what see it for yourself. All you're seeing is what the news is presenting to you. Yeah. So I was getting quite nervous about going just out to buy our groceries because yeah. of what I'd seen. Um, but actually, it wasn't for me. It didn't feel like it was as bad as what was being portrayed to me. Yeah. And um, but I feel like as everyone was trying to look after themselves and everyone else around them. So I think actually there was a lot of kindness um, everywhere yeah. because you, you're, te- you're doing your social distancing and if you happen to cross paths with someone, you're trying to do it in a really polite way. Um, yeah, the Eng- <laughs> so English, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Exactly. Yeah, me. I just need to be two meters from you, but I need to buy my pasta sauce. Yeah, <laughs> it's really ironic. Yeah, oh, oh, um, the real, isn't it? Yeah, I went last is. week. I think the last time I went to the supermarket was. Uh, I said, has time gone strange for you as well? Yeah, 
Oh, so, I, I have no idea what day I'm on. Time is completely <laughs> relative. <laughs> well, that's that's free, isn't it? We were slaves yeah. for time, wasn't we? So that's completely free in that that you know that we're losing that that um, control it has on us. Yeah, but it it's was a, a week ago. Concept. Of course, it is. It was yeah. a week ago that we were in. Um, I went to uh, a supermarket, and um, it was pretty empty, to be honest. Yeah. Everyone had masks on and things. Um, I had some gloves on. I had some gloves on in there. Uh, didn't have a mask. I have got one, but I had some gloves on, and it was pretty empty. But it felt like I was in a sci-fi film. Yes. Oh my God. That's all I keep saying. So. Yeah. I, I'm such a nerd, yeah. I don't mm. even know if you know this about me, but um, all I read is sci-fi and fantasy books on a permanent right. basis. And to be fair, that's what's been getting me through this, is yeah. reading lots. Um, and um, I weirdly read a book at the beginning of the year that about this virus that it was yeah. like post-apocalyptic type book. Yeah. And I keep thinking back to it, oh my God, I feel like I'm in that book right now. Like... It is. It's such a strange thing. You don't feel like it's reality. You do feel like you're in some sort of sci-fi movie. Yeah. You just reminded me of one, actually. Oh, actually, when I was in the supermarket, halfway round, I only had a panic attack. And I, I, I swear to you, I nearly left my trolley and, and ran out of there. Because all of a sudden, it hit me that it was... I was imagining it was in the air. You know, like I'm, yeah. I had this fight or flight thing, and it was really pretty much going to be flight. I was thinking... Got to get out of here. Got to get out of here. It was only the fact that I was getting some bits from my mum and I wanted to drop them off to her. Because my mum's 83 and she lives on her own. Oh, um, wow. You know, and it's scary for her, you know. Like, and yeah. uh, I'd done the thing and then I went and dropped it in the garden and talked to her through the door, you know. Um, it was very, very surreal and very sad, you know. But yeah, yeah. That, that moment of panic is not like me as a person. But I just thought, I've got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so, there was yeah. an, old sci- an old zombie film, um, Dawn of the Dead, where they're all in a supermarket or in a, in a yeah, shopping yeah. mall. And it, I just thought I was in that. It was, it was yeah. really weird. There was actually, you reminded me as well, reading sci-fi book. there was a Ben Elton book years ago. I can't remember what it was called. Um, and I remember reading it. It wasn't an audio book. It was a physical book. But because of Ben Elton being the sort of such a strong character, um, yeah. I could hear his voice. As I'm reading it, I could sort of hear his voice, you know, like... Yeah, and it was all about one of these things, and it was about and how the corporates had all planned it. It was all... Yeah. They were all going to get these crafts and go to another planet, and... Yeah, and there's some, some of these things that just makes the situation we're living in very surreal, doesn't it? Yeah, very surreal. Very surreal. But then... Um, so, like, with your fight or fight, flight or fight thing, yeah. um, like, our, our brains are conditioned. So, we, we've been so used to not living in our emotional brains and living in our kind of strategy. We just go through life thinking about what's happening, what's happening, what's happening, and we don't sit into our emotional brains. But our emotional brains were there before our strategic ones. So, like, right. before... So when we were like cavemen, so to speak, and living day to day to survive, it's our it was our guts and our emotional brains that kind of connected us with what we needed. Um, and I think 
will probably fit in that a lot more right now because that's such a natural thing for us. Um, but we've ignored it because we're so used to living in a world around strategy and, and how to kind of deal with day by day and time and all of that sort of thing. Whereas now all of those things are slowly being kind of eroded. We're living more in that emotional. So a fight or flight is going to kick in quite easily. And it's, and it's us kind of acknowledging that that is just our natural survival back in the um, and, and again, just like breathing through it. Um, and because your brain always wants to find something to fight against um, yeah. or to get stressed about or to get annoyed about. Um, yeah. Like I had the, I woke up this morning and I'd cleaned everywhere yesterday and <laughs> it felt like it was all a mess again. And, and I started to get really angry about it. And I was like, why am I getting angry about it? I'd never normally care about this stuff. But it's because your world becomes so much smaller, doesn't it? Yeah. So like yeah. something that, would be like so non-existent in my everyday life normally because other things would frustrate me. Now I don't have these other things, so my brain wants to latch onto something else. Um, and it's kind of we're going to understand ourselves so much more. Of course, yeah, so much so. Yeah. And we have to. Well, as long as we're looking, you know. As long as we use yeah, this opportunity yeah. to look and to and to observe and to, you know, not overanalyze, but but you know, learn about ourselves, you know, and as you yeah. say, uh, uh, but with an honest, open mind, that's always the important thing, you know. Definitely. You have to, like, going for recovery, you have to completely break yourself to pieces and then build it back up again. That's why it's so painful, and it's why a lot of people can't face yeah. it. But it's the only way to do it is is you have to acknowledge the good and the bad and and take a good strong look at, at, at what's working because we'll we'll be going through some very negative emotions. Um, it's yeah. acknowledging them and then trying to whenever possible replace them with a positive one. But we will be yeah. better for it. I'm convinced that as an, as a as humanity humanity will be better for it. Yeah. I, I really am I, convinced. It's not spin. I I, I truly believe it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, I think so. Um, yeah. Just, just by listening to how people are talking, um, yeah. I think. I mean, I I know someone says to me, said to me that you can become so used to your bubble of people that you don't realise that there's other people not like that. But I just think, in general, everyone that I've spoken to seems to be taking something from this yeah so I, I do agree with that yeah. humanity will I, I think also there'll be things that happen in years to come and someone will be like oh why, why is that happening and, and they'll go oh it was a knock on effect from the coronavirus yeah. there'll be certain things that we don't even think about right now or acknowledge right now that will change yeah. because of this um and, and I think that's that there, there can only be good that comes of that because we are like everyone says about this butterfly effect or like yeah. when you book you a caterpillar has to go into a cocoon to become yeah. a butterfly. I hope that uh, I know that I'm trying to 
Yeah. I'm in my cocoon right now and I want to make sure that when we come out of this, I am a butterfly. I don't want to crawl back out as a caterpillar. Um, and I know there's a lot of people that keep saying about everyone going on about being productive during this time. And, and I don't think it is about being productive during this time. I think it's about understanding what you need at this time and allowing that to happen. So yeah. there'll be people right now that might not have done a lot of self-work that perhaps need to and they'll, they'll be think, not, not necessarily being super productive and creating content and doing lots of creative things. Maybe it is that they are just sat at home allowing themselves to be right now and, and that's yeah. exactly what they need. Um, and then there'll be people that have done quite a lot of that inner work that don't necessarily need to continue doing it at this moment in time. So they are the ones that are going to be creative and are going to be doing stuff. So I think there's a lot, I think people put a lot of expectations on themselves. Um, and I think with social media, that's all we have right now is, um, we're seeing the world through, through a lens and it's easy to get the wrong expectations and, I think it's good for everyone to just literally sit back and do what they need to do. Um, I'm a high functioning anxiety type person, so I need to do stuff. Um, But equally, if I give myself something that I have to do and I've not done it, I can fall to pieces. So loads of people keep saying about having a routine right now and getting up and doing this and doing this. And I've tried to build my life around not having a routine because that was one of the things that ruined me um, previously because as soon as I get a routine, I'm very regimented and that's all I can do. So I have to live more in flow and I have to allow myself to not have structured routines because it's actually healthier for me not to have that intense routine um, because I have massive failure fears and basically if I'm not doing my routine then I feel like I'm failing um, so I have to make sure that I'm living more in flow and allow that space so rather than giving myself set routines every day during this time I just have a handful of things that I would like to have done by the end of the day and they're just silly things like taking my vitamins and something like as little as that and yeah. But then equally, I allow myself to mess up. So yesterday, I realized I forgot to take my vitamins. So I was like, oh, I just need to make sure I take them today. And and it's just allowing yourself as much space as you need at this moment in time, because I think it's important for us all to utilize it and heal ourselves and not yeah. worry too much about what other people are doing, what other people are creating on social media or in general, um, the reason why we're all being isolated is because maybe we all need to figure out what it is that we need ourselves rather than what mm. other people need for you. And maybe be as kind to ourselves as we are to others. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Well, I think the image of coming out of this and the world being full of butterflies... I can't think of a better way to finish it on. You know, like I, was, I didn't want to finish it on a cloud, so to finish it on a, the image of a world full of butterflies, I think is uh, a better, it can't be a better place, can you? 
No, definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> we, all, well, we all need to do whatever we need to do in our yeah. team so that the world can be full of butterflies after all of this. I've got yeah. a wonderful image. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for talking to me. I really, no, really appreciate it. And um, I'm sure uh, that uh, I'll be speaking to you very soon. Thank you. you thank you, you so much care. for having me on. No, thank, thank you. you. Take care. And you. Bye. Bye. Just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job, this is a calling.